This is DZFE's Maestro Filipino, a focus for music with a connection to home. For this edition, I'm Daniel. This year, musicians all over the world have been celebrating the 150th of Sergei Rachmaninov. You may have heard of such celebrations kicking off last month with a concert involving pianist Rudolf Goles performing in a two-piano reduction of the Piano Concerto No. 2. Well, even before that, Goles performed in another Rachmaninov commemoration for the Liceo de Cagayan in Mindanao, where he also serves as Dean of the Conservatory of Music, Theatre and Dance. While not part of a larger series, the concert is part of the fabric of Cagayan de Oro's steadily growing classical music community. Today on Maestro Filipino, we listen to extracts from Goles' performance, and to Goles himself, not only about the music he played, but also about CDO's growing love for classical music that made the concert possible. Welcome pianist Dr. Rudolf Goles in two Rachmaninov preludes, the tinkling G major opus 32 number 5 and the famous C sharp minor opus 3 number 2. Thank you. 
Thank you, Dr. Goles, Sir Rudolph, for joining us on Maestro Filipino. This is an event, a concert that happened in August. What is the background of this concert at the Liceo, featuring the music, centrally, of Sergei Rachmaninov? Thank you for having me. Yes, I wanted to feature the works of Rachmaninov in a concert, in a piano concert here in Cagayan de Oro, because we have featured other great composers, Beethoven and Mozart, in their 200th and I think 250th of Mozart, not long ago. And uh, for some reason, not many are doing Rachmaninoff 150th in Philippines. So I wanted to celebrate the great composer's output and feature his works in a piano concert. In fact, I wanted to play the sonata also, but I have to be sensitive to the audience because Rachmaninoff, although well-loved and has a very accessible music, it's not easy listening, you know, it's not like Mozart and Beethoven. So I didn't want to have a totally Rachmaninoff program. So it, it's just some preludes and some etudes tableau in the first part. And I put Chopin and Liszt in the second part. It was very well received. I already do my own annotations whenever I do concerts. I think our audience appreciate annotations from the player. Onto the Rachmaninov, the preludes, the etude tableau. Uh, can you tell us, especially about the etude tableau, can you tell us a few things about this collection of works? Yeah, the etude tableau are really a sound pictures. Obviously, Rachmaninov entitled the etudes, not just etudes, as he could have very well had done from the model of earlier, uh, from Chopin and Liszt. Who, well, Liszt also had the adjective transcendental. It's possible that Rachmaninoff took from Liszt, putting another word after the word etude, which is, means exercise or study. So really, it's, it's signaling us as performers and as listeners that these works are not just for exercise and they're not just for study. They are really sound pictures. They are impressions. While we do our best always, even though the titles don't suggest, we always try to find out the intent of the composer, whether he intended this to be a certain character or a certain picture. It's the interpreter's job to do that. But here, by putting the word tableau, which means picture or image, obviously Rachmaninoff wanted us to have an image in mind when we would play these miniatures. I chose the B minor and the D major, the last one. The D major was a oriental march, and the B minor is the one that's closest to the polyphonic writing of Bach. Also, there are the preludes, which are... Rachmaninoff really cashed in on the preludes that he wrote. <laughs> yeah, the preludes that I chose were my own preludes that I played all my life, even as a teenager, including the very first one, the, one of the earliest preludes, the C sharp minor, the one that propelled Rachmaninoff to fame early fame as a composer. He won a competition with that one, a composition competition in school. So that's the Opus 3. The other preludes are really part of the Opus 32, except for the G minor, the famous one, which is from the Opus 23. That's also a March-type prelude. Actually, Rachmaninoff is easy to annotate in the sense that he has recurring themes. We know that he very much loved the sound of the bells in Russia, the, the bells of Moscow. He has several works that could be associated with sounds of bells. Bells would be one of the recurring themes. Another is March, 
This can be found all across his repertoire. And the third one is landscape. He loved his motherland, especially the area where he's from, which is the north of the country, northwest, in a smaller city there, where the lands are so so flat and so vast, like the sea, according to him. You can hear sometimes the spacious sonority of his music. It is this kind of annotation that really helps the audience appreciate the pieces. Rather than you say nothing, you start to play, then they try to place the work, try to find a melody, or they try to check the rhythm. If you say nothing, our Filipino ears are not attuned to what Rachmaninoff would have intended. Our Filipino ears, we are lovers of melody and regular rhythm. That's what we find in our folk music. But actually, when you tell the audience that this is the landscape of Russia, the endless plains, then they start to imagine this and relate to the music. Yeah, and it's not just a Russian ear that we don't have. We also don't have a lot of Russian experiences. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That's true. Yes, correct. We probably wouldn't imagine the expanse of the Russian steppe if it wasn't plainly put, even if we knew that. What great expanse is around here in the Philippines? Just looking out That's the window. Right. <laughs> we are we are a fractured archipelago, you know. Yeah, and very crowded. Our lands are, our lands are small, are very buried with with yeah. mountains and beaches and all that. We don't have really the expanse of the Russian landscape. What we yeah. do have are bells. <laughs> yes, but they're not really the bells of uh, Europe. It's That's not, true. Not quite the same. <laughs> yeah. The other theme that I failed to mention was the melancholy expression of the music of Rachmaninoff. And really, this is from the Russian psyche and the Russian uh, way of life. Uh, being very cold in the country, I told the audience that the coldness outside enhances the warmth inside, inside the heart, inside the house. So the melodies of Rachmaninoff are very warm indeed, while the atmosphere or the, the climate outside is very cold.
Finally, there are a couple of other pianist composers that you performed, piano heavyweights and composers also from the general steppe area of Europe, Chopin and Liszt. You said that you added them for variety, but why Chopin and Liszt in particular? Every pianist, including Rachmaninoff himself, would look to Chopin and Liszt for inspiration to play and for Rachmaninoff for composition. Really, piano concert would not be complete without the music of Chopin. And Liszt, it just really brings the concert to a vivacious ending with his virtuosity, melodic lines and rhythms. With Chopin and Liszt there, it's like the lollipop that you give to the audience after having gone through the somewhat complicated, melancholy spirit of the Rachmaninoff pieces. I played, I think, a pretty much balanced selection of Chopin and Liszt. I played the C minor Polonaise and the C minor Nocturne. So I wanted them to get a feel of the melancholy minor key of Chopin that connected with the spirit of Rachmaninoff. So that's how I bridged the gap between the two. And then I ended the Chopin works with ballad in G minor and the scherzo in B flat minor. The list portion, I played the Etude after Paganini, the last one, and the Patrak sonnet, the famous 104. And I ended with a Hungarian Rhapsody number 10. Well, everybody loves any Hungarian Rhapsody. So there you go. That's the whole program. Very, very good reception. I'm just so pleased that classical music is getting better received every time by the audience. Not only was the reception very good, was the attendance was also very good. Even Kagen de Oro, which is considered a provincial city, it's already waking up to the beauty of classical music. And so we're spearheading that effort here in the conservatory. And we have another guest artist coming, Isaac Chua. He's a film, studied in Stony Brook, I think. And he's coming here in the middle of this month, 21st of October. So we're looking forward to that. His program is also very, very fantastic. The people are discovering the beauty that is in classical music. And I'm just so happy that it's not the same lukewarm reception as some years back, 10 years back, and yeah. 15 years back. Well, what do you think changed? Why is there uh, no traction? Yeah, I'm not so sure. You know, artists always do their best. And I think artists of before, artists of now, have done their best. And it's just probably the general consciousness of the place, the development of the entire city. This is already a city of one million. For many years, we were only 500, 600,000, 700,000. So I think the population itself and the migrants from abroad have really elevated the consciousness of the city and appreciation for the finer things in life are now more welcome. Yeah, but for me, music shouldn't be a finer thing, you know. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an essential for me as an artist. But as a listener, I would not be able to imagine life without music. But of course, I, I'm biased since I'm a performer. But for example, in, in our family, we are a musical family. And my mother, well, she was my first teacher. Of course, she just plays as a hobby. But she really does appreciate the, the classical music repertoire, from the piano repertoire, from the symphonic works to the operas. So I think music, the more it's offered, the more it's available, the more it's going to be accepted and welcomed by the community.
weird pianist Dr. Rudolf Goles, and Franz Liszt's Hungarian Rhapsody No. 10. A vivacious ending, in Dr. Goles's words, to our feature on his performance at the Liceo de Cagayan, celebrating the 150th birth anniversary of Sergei Rachmaninov. Earlier, we heard Dr. Goles in two of Rachmaninov's Etude Tableau, Opus 39, the number four in B minor, and the number nine in D major. There will be more concerts from the artists of Cagayan de Oro, including a piano concert featuring Filipino-American pianist James Isaac Chua. For information on that and other events, visit facebook.com slash liceoufficial or liceo.edu.ph. That is all for this Maestro Filipino, DZFE's weekly feature for fine music in our locale. Each episode airs Saturday at 12 noon, the following Sunday, 12 midnight, and lastly, the next Thursday at 8 in the evening. Maestro Filipino episodes are uploaded every week on our SoundCloud and Spotify channels. Once more, this is Daniel, and thank you for listening.